Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome back, fight fans, to the big fight reaction to Tyson Fury's emphatic victory over Dillian White this past weekend at Wembley. And we're here to talk about our thoughts, feelings and opinions on this fight, some of the fights on the undercard, what happens next in the landscape of the heavyweight division. I enjoyed the the event as a whole, seeing how they was able to transform Wembley Stadium for such a, a big fight. But there's going to be a lot of rants that I think I've got for this episode because I kind of feel like this was the biggest opportunity we've had as 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 British boxing fans, as British, oh, as British British boxing as as a whole to sort of showcase to the world that you know this is the place to be, and I just kind of feel like it was lackluster in in some parts, and the fight itself was a little bit lackluster as well. Johnston, I'm sure we've got a lot of stuff to cover. And we're going to try our best to cover as much as we can on this. But we've got to start at the top of the mountain, really, at the, the big fight between Fury and White and, and how, for me, lacklustre it, it turned out to be. I don't know what your sort of initial reactions were to it, but I'm keen to know because, for me, I, I started the first couple of rounds looking at it thinking, you know, it's going to get going, it's going to get going, and it just never seemed to get going for me. And it was that emphatic ending, that emphatic uppercut, from Tyson Fury, that was it. It was just done and dusted like that. It just seemed like, you know, just this sort of lacklustre fight turned into uh, an emphatic ending all of a sudden. And I just wanted to know what you made of it all. Like, the, the fight itself didn't live up to expectations for me. How did it, how did it, how did you find it? Uh, pretty much the same as you. I, I, I felt that it would be a better fight. We done a little podcast on 
highlighted the fact that two British fighters going at it and how, how much of a good fight that was. We sort of felt that it might fall in that same bracket. And unfortunately, it didn't. And that's the trouble, as, as you say. We wanted to try and showcase that we had one exceptional heavyweight and one decent contender, but it just failed to, de to deliver. And I think the fact is it wasn't really Tyson Fury's fault. It wasn't really Dillian White's fault, to be fair, either. I think he was a bit cagey. You could, you could sense it that he was a, a little bit concerned at what was coming back at him. And he seemed to tire pretty quickly. And he did target the body, but the trouble was he didn't. it wasn't su sustainable. He didn't sustain enough pressure on the body. He had a sort of odd pot shots. It didn't really cause Tyson any problems. And he was just um, working him out. I mean, I know he came out in that first round southpaw, which the commentators alluded to the fact that Tyson may be a little bit confused and baffled by that. I didn't really sense that. I felt that. Dillian didn't look good at Southpaw, but I can understand their logic behind that to try and confuse sort of the master of the heavyweight game inside the ring because that's pretty much how I how many perceive him, um, barring Usyk. But yeah, I was I was disappointed that um, at White really I don't I don't think he he really pressurized pressurized Tyson Fury into making any real decisions um, and and Tyson was able to calculate work things out and, and obviously he found a shot which, you know, Dillian White is very susceptible to uppercuts. We've seen it with uh, Povetkin, we've seen it with Joshua and clearly uh, Tyson identified that, didn't throw a single uppercut until it landed and and it was a, a lovely shot and uh, the one thing that I always, I'm, I'm going to moan about is pundits, how they, you know, when you have certain guys like Tyson Fury, they're like, how calculating he was, how superb it now, those sort of words, I just sometimes think people get a little bit carried away because, you know, if that had been another fight that wasn't Tyson Fury, people would just be saying he pulled it out of his ass like Povetkin did. But we mentioned in the Povetkin fight that Povetkin was looking for those shots, but he didn't get anywhere near the accolades as what Tyson Fury got. Look, I'm not knocking the knockout. I think it was a beautiful shot of a push at the end of it as well. But that's about all the fight gave us, wasn't it? I think so. I think that's about... A good way, well, I think it's a good way of summarising it. For me, like, looking back on the fight now in hindsight, I've not watched it since. I watched it on the night, and I kind of feel like it was just lacklustre from White's side more than it was from Fury's. I kind of felt like White, you know, they came out southpaw, as you said, and it was like, why? Why are they coming out southpaw? Like, it, you're not going to confuse a guy who confuses his own opponents most of the time anyway. It's not going to work. And it, and it didn't work. He was just getting caught. He was he couldn't get his foot around Tyson Fury's foot. And it just didn't seem to work. And I noticed they switched it. I think it was after the second they switched it back up to Orthodox again. And even then, he just couldn't say, oh, get that short step inside to get to Tyson Fury. And that, that was the problem White was having. He was It was always going to be closing that gap and closing the distance. Yeah, there was points where he got a few body shots off and, we, you know, we mentioned working the body would be a good option, trying some other Tyson Fury's work, but, you know, he couldn't get to him, he couldn't get on him, he couldn't really do anything and it kind of felt like he gassed after about round three, maybe four. I looked at him with his mouth open and I'm thinking, is he really gassing now? Is he really out of breath now? And I'm, I'm actually quite shocked at the time when I was watching it thinking, I can see this only going one way, straight away, I could see it ending pretty soon and it, and it did I mean I thought it was going to be 10-11 by the time it ended you know I wasn't really 
under no illusions as to how I thought it would go down eventually, but I just didn't expect it to, to be so soon, if I'm being totally honest with you. I, I've just kind of felt like it'd go a little bit longer, and I, I felt white would start to gas a little bit later on, things would start to break down, Fury would start to take more chances as the rounds went on, but he didn't seem to need to take any chances whatsoever. It just kind of felt like he just used his natural physical advantages and just he threw the shots where he needed to throw them and he just timed them when he needed to time them. And he, you know, he didn't really have to do a lot of work. Like the man didn't really break much of a sweat in that fight. And that's, you know, that's not, that's discrediting Dillian White. And, and we big Dillian White up a lot because you have all the, the trials and tribulations he's had getting to that point. And it's like he just froze on the big stage or maybe it wasn't that he froze. Maybe it was that Summit wasn't right in camp. And then obviously now there's a load of excuses in the aftermath. There's excuses in a Sky Sports interview yesterday. And, and I'm glad we're recording this on a Tuesday rather than, you know, the Monday. Because now we're getting to see a few more bits of information come out. Dillian White's now saying it was an illegal push at the end of the fight. He shouldn't have pushed him. Uh, he hit his head on the floor. That's why he struggled to get up even more. That's why he was dazed. And that's why the referee stopped the fight. He blames the referee for allowing Tyson Fury to, to push him. That's just excuses. You know, at the end of the day, he lost the fight. He, Dillian White felt he was closer than what it was. It wasn't close at all. Dillian White wasn't getting near him. He wasn't getting that many shots off. He wasn't landing that many shots at all. He just looked really like Luster in the fight. And Tyson Fury can only fight what's put in front of him. And yeah, it makes Tyson Fury look fantastic the way it ended. But he didn't get out of second gear. He didn't break a sweat for the fight. And for me, all the onus really goes down to Dillian White and and his inability to step up to the plate when he needed to. That That's where I see it. Uh, the excuses after the fight then, Johnston. The fact that he talks about that push and he hit his head and all this and the referee should have done that. Uh, to me, it's just a load of crap, and I don't buy into that, and I can't even say why he would even come out and say that after the fight, because at the end of the day, he was just beaten. He was poor on the night, he was beaten, and that's the end of that for me. Yeah, and um, I hate to hate it when fighters come out and, and literally within a few days are, are mentioning excuses. I, I think it just doesn't look good on them. It doesn't look good on them as a fighter, and some fighters... Have an act. Many fighters do, especially today. You know, they need to be taking a, a leaf out of old Tommy Earns's book. Uh, you know, he didn't mention. You know, the first thing he did was congratulate Hagley, even though he had problems. I always allude to that because I just think that that is the way to be as a fighter. You lost on the night. You wasn't good enough. And Dillian White has had bad nights. He had a bad night against Povetkin and got wiped out, and then recovered to come back. It was another bad night. And as you say, I do think he froze a little bit when I listened to an interview, maybe just maybe a day before the fight i felt that it was it for me it was more of uh, he, he almost knew he was going to lose this fight it was a matter of getting in there and and lasting and causing some problems and that was why i sort of felt that i think he conditioned i felt that he had conditioned himself enough to last the fight but then after i see the way and then i see that um he was gassed after three rounds i thought well he's got this wrong his corner had got it wrong it was a poor showing, and I think he did freeze a little bit. There is, there is a. It, it's very hard for someone like Dillian White, who's, you know, he's fought in front of decent attendances um, at the O2, but it's a whole different kettle of fish when you walk out 
at Wembley Stadium. Um, and I think that's what that really affected him. And, and, and I think with him not engaging in any of the press stuff, I think he wanted to try and remove himself away from the fact that Tyson Fury may get in his head. In actual fact, it might have helped him. I think he might have got a little bit more bite and a bit more spite in him rather than what he, I think he was worried about sort of wasting energy on engaging in arguments when, to be fair, it, it wouldn't have made any difference. His problem, wild, cut the wild swings in there, it, those affect you. The, the, the fatigue of missing wild shots like that, you know, you're asking for trouble. And, and, and effectively, that's what happened. But look, I'm going to credit Tyson. It was a great finish. You can't knock it. But I do think that sometimes people allude to Tyson Fury like he's the flipping second coming. And now, I'm, like the guy said to you, did he show what makes Dillian White the gatekeeper to what success or whatever it was, or a legendary status or whatever it was he put out there? He doesn't, but he has to fight these guys. Dillian White is the guy that he had to fight and he got rid of him. Dillian was poor. He will come again. He's got fights out there. But end of the day, you look at it, you're going to grill deal, but he's the one that walked away with five mil. Yeah, well, obviously you can't complain at that. Does he get another shot at every heavyweight title again? He does. He possibly does if the belts get fragmented up. But being realistic about it now, I'm not too sure he'll ever get another shot at a world title again. And and that's just me being brutally honest. I just can't see how he would get a world title shot again after this. Now, he waited bloody five years for his first world title shot. How is he going to get another one now after that? I'm pretty sure it ain't going to happen that. I'm pretty sure of it. But Tyson Fury, on the other hand, he comes out. He mentions retirement before the fight. He pretty much confirms retirement after the fight in the interviews in the ring and the post-fight press conferences. He's talking about, you know, Deontay Wilder is the man to take over the WBC belt. That's what that's what he said in the post-fight press conference. Uh, then they got Francis Ngannou, the UFC heavyweight champion, into the ring. There's obviously a crossover fight that's going to happen. Crossover exhibition fight that's that's quite clearly already in the works and is already going to happen. So I'm just wondering. Is that the end of Fury, really? Or will the big fights tempt him back? I know his wife, Paris, has basically already said in multiple interviews with like IFL and Boxing Social and outlets like that, she's already said that a fight with AJ or an undisputed fight would tempt him back in. Now, Tyson's told everybody else that he's told his wife he's retiring and his wife wanted him to retire after the third Deontay Wilder fight. So... Who's fooling who here? Do you know who, who's really telling the truth? Is he just playing mind games? Is it just to bait them into wanting to pay him more money to, to fight? Because let's be honest, how many times have we seen fighters retire and then be paid a shed load of money to come back? Because they're, they're, they're an attraction. Tyson Fury's an attraction. Anthony Joshua is an attraction in here in the UK and United States, more so Tyson Fury. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking that this is the end for him when it comes down to boxing i do feel he will come back has he relinquished that wbc title yet well he hasn't as yet i've no official word as yet that he's relinquished that title so i'm sure the next couple of weeks will tell us because if he relinquishes that title then we are going to know for sure whether or not he aims to keep good on his on his promise of retiring what do you think i don't think it's happening i think he he stays wbc champ and he does fight Usyk or Joshua. I don't think he's going to retire. I honestly can't see it. Um, I've, I've, it was more, uh, I believe, a ploy to sell a few more tickets with, with White not engaging the press as such and 
was quite um, amicable, wasn't it? And I think it was just a way of, this is the last time you're going to see the Gypsy King and you know, that last push for people to go, oh, just in case I'm going to pay for the tickets to, to go and see him. And, and I think, you know, it, it probably worked. I don't think he's going to retire at all. I think he's got another fight in him. I personally believe, no matter what happens between Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk, I think the money spinner is a Joshua fight. Even if Joshua loses, which I believe he will, I just think Usyk is... I'm going to stick by it, Sean. I have. I still believe Usyk is the best in the division. I think he's... I still believe he beats Tyson Fury. And people may think I'm mad. They thought I was mad from the moment when he turned over to heavyweight that I said he will eventually own all the titles. And I still believe that. I, I honestly feel that he causes more problems against Tyson Fury than any other heavyweight. That aside, I honestly, the, the temptation of having all the titles, I, I think it's pretty pointless. Even if Joshua loses, I think Joshua Fury fight for the WBC title is huge. It is massive. I mean, if there was a stadium that could hold 200,000 fans, it would sell. That's how big that fight is. There's, there's nothing bigger post a, if you look beyond sort of a Canelo or a Crawford Spence fight but even Crawford Spence wouldn't even do those tickets they wouldn't even do those ticket sales those pay-per-view sales this country would get behind Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua and irrelevant with what happens with Joshua I believe that that should be the next fight because I just think it's a massive money spinner but the one thing I would say is uh, did you see the, after the interview with Steve Bunce uh, and, um, and Steve Bunce was questioning Tyson Fury then he goes over to Frank Warren and, and he said, he said, he mentions about the retirement and Frank's response is he's sitting over there. <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? Is there something wrong with this geezer? Honestly, I, I, I don't know what he was thinking. I think Frank Warren is um, showing his age, mate, to be honest with you. He was, <laughs> his responses were just all a bit all over the place. And even when he introduced uh, Joe Joyce and Parker, um, as, as a fight that's coming out, and Parker sort of said, we're waiting for you to sign the contract, Frank. You can see the look at him. <laughs> you can sort of see Frank thinking, God, oh, I'm sure I told Alexa to sign that contract to him while I sign that contract. <laughs> Seriously, he looked bewildered. He looked like a, a very old man. And as Bonsi likes to call it, he's an old timer. And I think it's time that him and Bob Arum step aside, get some fresh blood in. Um, they're looking like the old gits from Harry Enfield, mate. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what happens. Tyson Fury's retirement. Is it going to happen? Will it? Won't it? I, I, for me, I want to see him fight again. I want to see one more fight and the conversation about him being an all-time great well we did that episode didn't we after the third wilder fight we, we did an episode solely on tyson fury is he does he sit in the top 10 what does he need to do and i think for me personally i remember saying that he needs to beat why he needs to be the winner of Usyk joshua or he needs to beat them both to be at least considered an all-time great you know you look at the guys that have been around over the years and and for me did, did a lot of them have done so much more depending upon how how you look at it for me he needs he needs it he needs that he needs these victories to secure his legacy yeah he has secured a legacy as far as i'm concerned he will be remembered fondly he will be talked about as the best heavyweight of this particular era but there'll always be the detractors of the sport in the boxing fraternity that will say well you never fought Usyk or you never fought joshua so for me that needs to happen one of them two fights need to happen or both need to happen before he completely calls it a day he's got another year left in the sport as far as i'm concerned he could make two big fights in a year even if you only get we only get one of them and it's Joshua or Usyk, whichever one it is, it needs to happen because he needs to retire with that legacy behind him. And that's just me speaking from from sort of a boxing purist perspective. I want to look back on this in 20 years' time and go, Tyson Fury, yeah, he beat everyone around who was there. I don't want to go back in 20 years' time and go, Tyson Fury, yeah, well, he beat Klitschko, he beat Wilder twice, he got a draw with him, and then he beat Dillian White. That, that's not for me that's not going to be remembered against some of the greats of all time and i know there's many fighters out there that was tweeting about it on twitter saying oh tyson fury potentially one of the greatest heavyweights of all time i think tim bradley was the tim bradley was the funniest one tim bradley went out there on a limb and literally said he had it all and you know we could consider him the greatest heavyweight of all time he's not the greatest heavyweight of all time he's not at the moment for for us it's ali isn't it it's got to be ali like whoever yeah, exactly, by a distance. So Tyson Fury needs to do more to be in with yeah, a shower. I'm not, I'm not, if you stick Tyson Fury in the 1970s, he does not walk away with an O on his record. Absolutely not. There was too many killers in them in that in that period. Way too many. Okay, yeah, he's got his size, but I mean the way people are even discussing, I think you know, I think my, a peak Mike Tyson, 88, 86, 88 against Tyson Fury would be a good fight, and I think. Personally, I think at that time, I think Tyson was so ferocious. He'd get inside him, Tyson Fury, no matter how big he was, and he'd knock him out. I mean, and that's and I don't even rank Tyson Fury in, what, the top 20 of the legendary fighters that ever lived. Look, it, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. That's why I, I took, I take myself off social media, you know, on, on most platforms because I just can't deal with this talk. It just drives me insane. Like, go back, do your history, have a little look at, you know, Joe Lewis, for instance. Yeah, people will say back in the day, yeah, the footwork wasn't quite the same, the size difference. Are, there's a lot of, you know, elements that you've got to take on board, but no way, absolutely no way. You don't beat Dillian um, White and Deontay Wilder three times or twice and draw, and that makes you the greatest that's ever lived in the heavyweight game. Absolutely not. You know, you, you just look at the activity of those fighters for one, Tyson Fury isn't active enough. He talks about being in the ring for 20 years, being five or 20 years. What was it two, three years he was out of the ring? You know, he came back and fought 
average fighters before he fought Wilder. I absolutely credit Tyson Fury, and I do believe he is up there. I mean, he is the best around at the moment. Only person I honestly think that could challenge him is Usyk. But Usyk, for me, has done more than what Tyson Fury's done. He's come up from the cruiserweight, cleaned up the cruiserweight division, beating Anthony Joshua, you know, and he will probably go, he wants to fight Tyson Fury. I believe he'll beat Joshua again. That's the type of guy that he'd, he'd, he will probably fight, he'd fight Wilder. Before this guy's done, Usyk will be the man. I still believe that. I think there's more credibility to his CV than there is to Tyson Fury's. And again, people may think I'm mad, but look, just go and have a look at the guys he fought and look who Fury's fought. There's not much of a difference, but at least he's gone up. He's a smaller guy and he's fighting bigger fellas. That, for me, getting credit for that. Um, but I, I think people are delusional to start calling him the greatest ever. Ali would have put him to bed quickly. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's going to cause some debate. I might, uh, you know, we might get this out on social media. This, destroy this, him, so, this... Uh, seriously, Ali would destroy him. Smokey Joe Frazier would destroy him. I mean, these guys, even even uh, old Ernie Shavers, if he connected with Fury, Fury's getting knocked out. These fellas were Ken Norton, you know, um, Ron Lyle. George Foreman. I mean, are you kidding me? You cannot, you cannot put him ahead of those guys. All people could say is look at his size and he dethroned Klitschko. Klitschko would struggle in that era. And that is a peak Klitschko. Look, it's, it's, it's nonsense. Lennox Lewis, for me, is a good fight. I think Lennox Lewis, sort of late into the late 90s, I think he causes <laughs> fury all sorts of trouble. Uh, it's, 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 it's difficult, isn't it? Because people want him to be the greatest because we're living in this era. When in 20 years' time, when people look back on it, people will have him up there as one of the best British fighters, but hell no, is he nowhere near one of the greatest of all time? Absolutely not. That, that's exactly how I see it at the moment. I see him 20 years down the line, if he stays retired, if he if he confirms that retirement, stays retired and doesn't come back, then in 20 years' time, no, we'll be like laughing, saying, no, not a chance. He doesn't even, yeah. he doesn't go anywhere near that top 10 at all because of it. I mean, this is why we did that episode. So if you haven't listened to it, guys, go back and listen to it. It was from around October last year. And we did a full-on episode on this and, and where Tyson Fury would potentially sit with certain victories on his resume or where he would sit without them victories on his resume. So go back and listen to that because that was a really good in-depth in analysis of how we... Yeah, uh, sorry to interrupt you because I, I even threw on all the old boys, didn't I? Sam Langford. He did. The, the, the Peter Jacksons, uh, Harry Wills, you know, Sam Vay, Jack Johnson. I mean, they, those guys get forgotten about. And, we, we, you know, Peter Jackson's one we're, we're definitely tipping. We would love to do a career profile. On, but, look, you know, there are so many guys out there, even beyond, you know, when you think about the old, old school, people just fail to forget those guys. It's like Joe Lewis is the beginning of it, isn't it? And then sort of Jack Johnson's the afterthought as well. But these guys, the shit they went through and the fighters they fought, it's just, it's just, it's insane to even dare even think that, he could just because he's beating Wilder and Klitschko and Dillian White. I, I, I just, it, it's just beyond me. I, I, and that's why I'm not on Twitter for certain because I know I'll be sitting there just brewing like, wow, how can Timothy Bradley say something like that? That's insane. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of debate about these comments. I'm sure you will all have your own opinions on it. And, and fair play, you can have your opinions on it. You might not agree with what I'm saying. You might not agree with what Johnson's saying. There's definitely a lot of people that won't agree with you, Johnson, on what you're saying because oh, absolutely. they'll, they'll bring yeah, all these the different elements I mean, I know in. That. That's, that's, but that's all the people will say. Look at the size of him. Now he's sitting down on his shots. Mate, look, Tyson's. If, for, for, for all people say, you know, Tyson can be put down. And, um, you know, could you imagine the left hooks from Smoking Joe on that big body? 
my goodness me, Tyson Fury would buckle under that pressure. He would. He would. He weren't. He's big, but he's he's sitting down on his shots more now, and that's uh, Sugar Hill. Credit to Sugar Hill. Absolutely like that. The power. The one thing we used to say about Tyson Fury is he didn't really have the power. Now he's got a bit of pop, and he's a big guy. But there are certain fellas out there that could get in. That you know, if you're really looking to the depths of how they fought. I mean, my goodness, uh, it's it's crazy to think that they wouldn't trouble Tyson Fury and Tyson Fury would just demolish him and knock him out because these guys had cast iron chins as well, getting smashed by George Foreman. I mean, look what George Foreman done to Joe Frazier. What on earth would he do at that peak time to, to Tyson Fury? It's unimaginable. It really is. Tyson, poor Tyson Fury. I'd, I mean, even Fury would probably say, ah, hell no, would I want to go there with that? monster absolutely no way <laughs> i think he'd be the first to admit it though surely would tyson fury he plays on it and and to those people that want to really really believe it then you're delusional <laughs> well there you go it's right out of the mouth of johnston there that is definitely this week's this fight month, oh, that's, yeah yeah exactly exactly it's definitely the five minute rant this week definitely well <laughs> yeah let's lower well, let's let's round up the rest of the card then let's just talk about the rest of this card for this yes. show uh obviously there was a for me, a lackluster undercard. For you, a lackluster undercard. Um, nothing really stood out to me, to be honest with you. I watched the majority of, of the fights. I didn't tune into Royston Barney Smith's victory. I didn't tune into Carol Ituama. I didn't tune into Kurt Walker's victory. I'll be totally honest with you guys listening. Uh, I did see Tommy Fury's victory. I did see David Adelaide's victory over Chris Healy, which. Oh, my word, Chris Healy was absolutely terribly out of shape. Uh, Echo Asuman versus Darren Tetley. Echo Asuman, I've always liked Echo. It was a really good victory for him. Uh, Isaac Lowe got defeated off Nick Ball. I've been saying to everybody for a while, Nick Ball is a guy to to look out for. And and for me, he absolutely absolutely took the rug from under Isaac Lowe. I I felt like he, he really showed Isaac Lowe that he makes his size work for him. And I think that's something I've said previously as well. He makes his size work for him really well. And he, de- he demolished Isaac Lowe. But yeah, Isaac Lowe said there's a rematch clause and he wants a rematch. And I'm thinking, after the beating you've taken, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't want to go there again. Uh, it'd be mad to take a re- Nick Ball was brilliant. Um, I, honestly, I, I, I've seen bits of him. I know you've mentioned Nick. And I, I just felt that would he be able to really get inside and... And and do and cause problems like he did. He was like a pit bull in there. He was relentless. He was he's, he's so stocky and strong and ah, oh, he was just ruthless. A great performance from Nick Ball and looking forward to seeing more from him. Yeah, absolutely. He's fifteen and zero now. Fifteen and zero. He has that vacant uh, WBC silver featherweight title, the uh, the the alphabet title, as we like to call him. But he got a great performance. He put low down once in the second round. There was obviously a clash of heads, which caused a cut over Lowe's half die in the third, which Lowe believes is was kinda of like the downfall. I don't think it was. I personally think he, he wasn't doing as well as what he thought he was doing against him. And Nick Ball just got on the inside of him. Nick Ball, literally, he shown the blueprint for Dillian White to fight Tyson Fury. That's what we should have seen from yep. Dillian White against Tyson Fury, like the way Nick Ball fought Isaac Lowe, but Isaac Lowe isn't Tyson Fury, of course. They might hang about together. They might. He might be a bit of a Klingon to Tyson Fury, but you know he isn't Tyson Fury. Let's be honest. So uh, I was. It wasn't a bad fight. I actually I did catch that fight as well, and I caught the Echo Assuming and Darren Tetley fight. I, w- I was glad that was brought forward because I think if that wasn't brought forward, it would have made the card uh, even more terrible. 
than than what it already was. Uh, obviously, they, as we said last week, they completely spunked to the budget on the Tyson Fury Dillian White fight. So, you know, it was difficult for them to find a, a really good quality matched undercard. Tommy Fury obviously got his victory, as I said earlier, calls out Jake Paul. Hopefully, this time he'll actually get in the ring with him and he won't pull out at the last minute. Hopefully, he won't do that. Um, but the overall card, you know, it didn't appeal to me, and that's the sad thing about it. We were saying last week, and you were saying everyone was, would be going having a beer, you know. In the uh, in the gantry and having the drinks and stuff, and <laughs> I'm going to bring Carl Froch into this because Carl Froch actually mentioned in an interview on the Sunday, he said about uh, he was being asked about obviously you know the 94,000 that were there, and Carl Froch said something along the lines of, "Was there really 94,000 there? Did you see all the empty seats?" And to be honest. He was right. I give him his credit where he's due there because he was right. There were quite a few empty seats. But I think that was because people were probably that pissed and that tanked up through not wanting to watch the, the, the shite that they put on the undercard barring one or two fights. I think most people are probably half cut still forgetting what was going on in the ring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, saying, I mean, when the, when the uh, two guys came out, the two big fellas come out, I felt that... The atmosphere was electric. I really enjoyed the introductions, and um, I thought that was probably the showcase of the night. Really, just just the uh, build up to them coming out to the ring and all the music they were playing, and I, I quite enjoyed that bit. Yeah, but the fight, the fight was just. I mean, it was it was poor. Wasn't it? I mean, the one thing I'd say is uh, the the Dillian people have mentioned that Dillian White lost his gold tooth in there, didn't he? Um, <laughs> it just makes you think, like, could you imagine the guy that was uh, taking the ring down, one of the staff sort of finding his gold tooth at the end of the night? It just reminded me of Home Alone. Uh, you know, the end of Home Alone, <laughs> Kim, dad finds Harry's gold tooth. <laughs> uh, just brilliant. I mean, that, that, that there were comical moments on that night. Uh, I think two of them fell on uh, Frank Warren, and the other one is the missing gold tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, well, let's be honest. It was for us. It was it was great to see an emphatic end to the fight. We did say we wanted an emphatic end to it, and we got one. We got you know, we got it. We did get it. It was like luster, but we got it. And you know, it, it still does make history as as the largest attendance in Europe in in history for a boxing event, which is great. You know, it's a great little stat to have within British boxing. I just hope that we can make more of them type of fights. You know, you could probably get a hundred thousand in Wembley if you had. Fury versus AJ, or even Fury Usyk would do 100,000 at Wembley. But I'll be honest with you, that'll be the last time you probably see Tyson Fury fight in the UK. If Fury fights Joshua, it's going to be in Saudi. The money That's where the money is, and we know for a that's fact crazy, that's, that's where it's going to end up. And even Usyk Fury, that's going to end up in Saudi. It's not going to end up in the UK, unfortunately. I think it'll be Saudi that it ends up in. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see whether he sticks to his... Uh, promise of retirement or whether he does come back and the transition into this uh, exhibition bout with Nganu and I've seen him tweeting about getting on the uh, the big show that the WWE are bringing over for the first time in 30 years, they're bringing a big show over <laughs> to the UK so Tyson Fury wants to be a part of that so I can imagine he's going to be very much like a bit of a Floyd Mayweather you know going forward if he does stay retired from boxing he'll do these exhibitions, he'll do these crossover events it could that could just be the way he decides he wants to stay in 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 entertainment as as, as such, or you know having these exhibition fights. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna finish off on on that note because I just wanted to mention the fights that happened on the Friday night as well. I don't know if anybody had a chance to catch them. Paul Butler came up against Jonas Sultan, the late replacement for John Riel Casimiro. Now we talked about Casimiro before a few times. A a, a great fighter, but. 
not so great uh, some of the stuff that he goes on outside of the ring. Uh, I read right. that he was being investigated for child pornography uh, last week, which I thought oh, was wow. quite... I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. I, I read that he was being investigated for that. I don't know what elements of that are true. Uh, don't hold me to that, but I think if you look on social media and you, and you do Google it, I think you can actually find news articles on there so Jonas Sultan actually came in and many felt he was actually a, a more difficult opponent for Butler but Butler had a really great performance and he he picked up that WBO interim world bantamweight title they should have been fighting for the normal version of it but because obviously of the issue with the British boxing border control uh, that fight didn't take place with Casimiro but he got a really good victory and he moves forward it's nice to see Paul Butler coming back I, I never thought Paul Butler would would reach the dizzy heights of fighting for world titles again if I'm being brutally honest. Uh, Sam Maxwell, super lightweight, lost in nine rounds by a TKO to Alejandro Menezes. He got put down twice in that fight and he just didn't look the same fighter we'd seen before. Jazza Dickens got a KO in five rounds. Peter McGrail got a KO in four rounds. Rocky Fielding got a KO within three rounds. And Joe McGrail got a KO in the first round of that particular fight. Now... That was the Friday card on Pro Abellum and all the stuff that's been going on with MTK. We mentioned last week with uh, a certain Mr. Kinahan. MTK completely dissolved now, completely gone as a as a promotional company, as an outfit. That's that's it's, it's done and dusted now, which you know it wasn't surprising in the slightest given the stuff we talked about last week. But I kind of feel like it's a bit of an end of an era for them now. It is, and it's sad to see them go because they did provide some decent cars. They picked up. Some of those fighters from Sky and, and uh, BT, I suppose, from Frank and from Eddie, and, and I felt that you know, they would produce decent cards for you know for free. You know, we was watching it for free as well. So disappointed, uh, but completely understand why they've had to do it because of their ties in with Kinahan. So it's a shame, but it just shows you. I mean, you're getting a lot of this stuff now. I mean, with old Chelsea and Roman Abrozovic, and um, it's almost like the financial aspect of I know not just football, but some of the you know, in sport in general, is getting scrutinised a lot more, which isn't a bad thing because I think people realise that you can't have some dodgy fellas behind some of these networks or even linked to it. So understand the reason behind it, but it's a shame to see them go. Absolutely. They've given us some some great nights in the sports. There'll be a lot of fighters there that'll be looking for, for new promotions, new managers, and I wish them nothing but the best of luck because they had a lot of great fighters yeah. on their books there, and hopefully they will find the right promoters and they will be getting on the right shows. Uh, a big shout-out for Lee Eaton as well. Lee Eaton came from the White Collar Circuit promoting a White Collar Charity event and came up to MTK as to being one of the nice, growing promoters in the uk i really enjoyed the time i'd spent with lee and I'd, I'd really enjoyed some of the 50 50 fights that he'd put on over the past couple of years so it's a bit of a shame for people like him who, who now have got a look elsewhere to be able to continue their journey throughout the the sport of boxing in the promotional side but that's it for for this episode fury white we've covered it we've covered whether he's going to retire whether he's going to cross over what he's going to do next i'm sure many people have got their own thoughts and, and theories as to how things will play out for Tyson Fury. I genuinely don't think it's the end for him, given what we've seen, given the way he is at this moment, and given where his stature is at within boxing and, and, and in the world in general, when he's having all these messages from, from a lot of people across the world, all these celebrities that we mentioned last week. You know, I think he's at a point now where he's going to capitalise on all these potential business interests. And I don't think it's the end. I think we will see him in a boxing ring once more. 
But hey-ho, you never know. Boxing's a funny old game and we might see him retire and we'll be talking about him in 20 years as not having that legacy that we think he should do. But guys, if you've enjoyed it, if you've got any of your own thoughts and feelings on, on this subject with Fury, uh, potential fights in the future or whether it is the end and, and any further comments on any of the other fights on that particular card that we've mentioned, please do let us know at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and you can also find us on YouTube too. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, Fight Fans. We'll be back with a double big fight preview when Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano go at it this coming weekend. And of course, we've got the great fight between Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson. We'll see you next time. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.